Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. Hey, I'm Dorgan. And we got your nerd news. We do. Brought to you by You Heard With Nerds. So what we're going to be talking about this week is we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions, uh, this new anime Star Wars thing that Disney Plus is going to be putting out. We're also going to be talking about Comic-Con 2021, what that's going to be looking like, the latest Loki episode. But biggest news of the week, we'll get right to it. The Switch Pro has been something that's been rumored, leaked, all this good stuff for the longest period of time. And yeah, now we've been we've, talking about it. We've been talking about it. And yeah. now we finally got the curtain pulled back on us. We actually know what they, all these leaks, all these stories, all these reports were leading up to. And, well, uh, it's not the Switch Pro, at least how we all envisioned it. It's basically the Switch OLED model. That's the official name for it. Nintendo's not, yeah, not creative. Uh, yeah, I mean, with, just with names. I, I mean, it, I mean, I was expecting like something like you know, like the Switch Plus or the new Switch or something like that. You know, kind of like how their branding has been in the past. But yeah, so to kind of go in the details of what exactly this thing is. So for Switch starters, XL, you could have done the Switch XL. You, you, yeah, exactly, like something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but to get into like what this thing is, so this is essentially, as the name implies, a Nintendo Switch with a OLED screen, so it's going to be a nicer screen. It's also going to be a bigger screen, seven inches, yeah. um, you know, in uh, in length or diameter, or how, however you measure that here. But um, it's also going to have a better storage. So the regular Switch has 32 gigabytes of storage. This mm-hmm. one's going to essentially double it, be 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Still, total. still need an SD card. It's yeah. not like you don't not need that anymore. Right. And I mean, again, when you can get like a 500 gigabyte SD card for like 30 bucks. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like why isn't this included? Well, I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a selling point in all honesty. So, uh, it's also got a better kickstand instead of that flimsy kickstand that came with the first switch. It actually is like the, the whole length of the screen essentially. So, you know, that's actually pretty nice. If you ever Uh, use that, then sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, I think I've used it maybe once or twice, like since owning that thing. So I think I did, and then I was like, I don't want this to break, so I just propped it up. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, we also have a land port, which that's something you can buy for your Switch already for like about thirty bucks or so. So again, not like a crazy new feature per se, but it does have better better battery life when you're playing in handheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's roughly about four to four and a half hours to nine hours, depending on what games you're playing. Some games, you know, are a bigger draw than others here. Yeah. Uh, in terms of features, that's about it. Uh, it's going to cost you about, uh, it'll cost you exactly, sorry, uh, $349.99 before taxes. And side note, if you're just more, interested in just like getting that dock for like you know the land port and all that you can just purchase that separately for 60 bucks here so comes out october 8th uh same day that metroid dread comes out yep right yeah. is this our hopes and dreams for what we wanted from the switch pro no this this is no one's hopes and dreams and if you do like this you're the worst because <laughs> uh i think these are this is targeted at the people who bought the switch Lite, to be honest because it's a heavy focus on 
on mobile gaming. Like it's not like, okay, for instance, if you watch the trailer and I don't know how we can show video on this thing, but remember the scene where the guy, he literally walks in, he looks like he got off work. He walks in and puts his keys down, sits on a bench, doesn't go to his living room, sits on a bench, pulls a switch out and is playing it in the walkway into his house. He doesn't go dock it. Yeah, no. Uh, Because you want to know why? Because it doesn't matter if it's docked. There's no 4K. There's nothing that appeals to an audience that wants to dock this thing. It's just a stupid upgrade for people who play in handheld mode in their bed at night. Uh, Big deal. Like, I don't think this is anything anyone wanted, to be honest. Like, we got the revision a couple, what, was it last year we got the revision to the Switch where it... It has the better battery oh. like this one does. Um, it doesn't uh, yeah, have a bigger screen. Everything's yeah. the same, but it's a better battery and all that stuff. So to me, yeah. most of these specs don't mean jack. It doesn't qualify a thirty, three hundred or a $50 price hike. If anything, I thought this was going to be – when they when I found out what it actually was, it's not a Switch Pro. I thought this was going to be $299 and that, that they might have uh, lowered the, the standard Switch you know, right. 40 or 50 bucks, depending, right. you know, make it right around, <clears throat> you know, two fifty, two forty nine, ninety nine would have been great. Uh, because if you look at the lifespan right now, we're, we're towards the end, I guess, of the switch itself until a new oh. one comes out in a, in a couple years, but who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's, I mean, all the people were right who were talking about that this is going to have an OLED screen and this, that, and the other thing. But this is definitely not a Switch Pro, in my opinion. Right, yeah. screw you, Nintendo. (laughs) Well, I mean, we'll get get to who we want to be mad about in just a second. Just because, here's the thing. I mean, somebody like myself, I primarily play my Switch in uh, dock mode. Like, you know, every maybe about 20% of, like, the time I've played my Switch, maybe I played it in handheld somewhere around there where... You know, I was at a hotel and I didn't have away from home or I was at the water trip. Yeah, right. Exactly. All that stuff here. So here's the thing. Most of these features, I think, by and large, appeal to people who primarily play this thing in handheld mode. And I mean, granted, like, sure, better screen, nicer screen, uh, you know, better battery life and all that stuff. Better kickstand, blah, blah, blah. You know. If I was like somebody who was playing this thing primarily handheld, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's, that actually sounds pretty good. But the problem is, is like, it's, you know, you already have a model that's supposed to essentially be like your handheld only model, and that's the Switch Lite. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so hold up. Like, so we have one that's primarily, de- you know, des- designed just to be solely a handheld device, it doesn't even dock here. And now you got this thing that's primarily, you know, designed to appeal to the people who play this thing in handheld. It's like, yeah, I kind of feel like you're splitting hairs on that here or something like that. I don't know. But talking about, like, who we need to be mad about, it's here's a question. Should we be mad at Nintendo for making this? Or should we be mad at the leakers saying that this was going to be 4K, this is going to have an upgraded chipset, all these things and like le- led us to believe that this was actually going to be essentially a soft upgrade or like, you know, next gen, like, you know, kind of a next gen type thing here. I think both. I think that there's still potential for a switch pro in the future. Like yeah. with as popular as the switch is, it's, you know, it's not only a, um, on the go 
device. It's also something you can home console with. Yeah, I don't know if they want to, they don't want to change up that. I don't think at all, maybe, you know, for the future, I think if anything, you just imp keep improving this model. Uh, yeah. you, have to, you update the graphics, you do all that stuff and you come out, you keep coming out with revisions like they've done. Yeah. Uh, and eventually after two or three more revisions, then I might buy one because it's going to play 4k and they're going to have certain games that only play on, uh, the, Oh, you know, whatever model and above, because I think like you said a couple of weeks ago, it makes sense for them now to go into like almost like a phone kind of model where they're slowly upgrading these things. And then once you're like three or four generations deep, then it's time to get a new one because you know, your battery is getting low or the graphics are a lot better. The CPU is faster um, because I don't think they need to change to just either a, a mobile uh, console or they don't need to like choose. They're both. And so I think right. what they have going for them was working. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't see an end in sight for the Switch itself. I think the original Switch models will get outdated in the next few years, though, to where you will kind of have to upgrade uh, in yeah. order to play the newest games and all that. So, Yeah, I mean, well, not to mention the Switch just as a piece of hardware is already outdated here. I mean, we're talking like it was outdated when it came out. If you look at exactly, specs. exactly. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking, we're really talking like essentially, this is like essentially a portable Xbox 360 PlayStation three here, more or less here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you on the, that whole like a uh, phone thing. I mean, because there's been talk about, you know, video game companies getting away from like the traditional, like, generational uh, uh or the traditional gen generations for video game consoles you know you have a you have a uh you know sony and xbox last um generation they did ps4 pro xbox uh one x stuff like that kind of like these like uh you know these uh uh, you know, halfway generation upgrades or something like that. Yeah. And for the Switch, I mean, seeing how they don't have a, they're not splitting their market. Nintendo isn't splitting their market between a console and a handheld uh, piece of hardware. It's like the Switch is now all encompassing. So I think whatever their next, uh, their future for their next console is looking like, I think it has to be you know, continuing along that, that same line, because I mean, why would you go back to splitting up the market at this point here? Right. So I think it makes the most sense for them to continue the smartphone route. And then eventually you get to the point where it's like, okay, this is only good on the switch two here, you know, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the cons coming up. So comic con being, I think the next one, um, that's coming out and that's going to be July 23rd through 25th. And we just found out this last week or two weeks ago now, I guess Marvel and DC are now both skipping Comic-Con's digital event. And this makes total sense. Um, you know, DC having really good or Warner brothers, if you want to call it that Warner brothers having really good, um, uh, they had a really good representation with the DC fandom Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're probably going to do the exact same event. And they, they probably did the best out of anyone, out of Comic-Con, everyone. And so yeah. they're skipping. Marvel's going to be doing their own thing. 
So now it's like, well, what's going to be at these events, you know, like the Comic-Con event? Like we kind of, I think, touched on it last year where we were like, you know, I, I at least thought Comic-Con was dead. And I think now that you see this, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them to come back uh, with these other people doing their own cons and whatnot. But yeah. I won't say they're dead quite yet. But what do you think about this? Is this going to do anything, you think? You know, this this is a uh, this is something that's kind of interesting. I mean, granted, I'm someone who, in terms of like conventions and stuff like that, I follow like E three more regularly on a regular basis for the most part. So, I mean, I don't think that the digital event thing has been working for Comic Con. It didn't really work last year, so I don't really see it working again this year. I mean, prove me wrong, but we are at the point where Comic Con is, you know. Now it doesn't have the two biggest guns. It doesn't have Marvel. It doesn't have DC. So yeah. in terms of like what they're going to be able to show, I feel like it's going to be pretty limited here for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's a comic con like in the, in the most general form and your two biggest labels will not be there. So, uh, it's kind of an interesting, if you're just thinking the comic side, not necessarily the, the cinematic side, it's your two biggest yeah hitters so uh yeah i don't it doesn't fare well for them but we'll see what happens let's uh let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the witcher con so yeah. i've been seeing trailers for this everywhere on youtube like they're they're pushing it pretty hard even to people like me who don't really delve into witcher stuff yeah um see so the season two trailer uh uh came out at when they made this announcement correct uh yeah so well the the Witcher cons already happened. It, oh, it, it happened. did happen. Okay. It, yeah, it's, it's already happened. So they unveiled a couple things. I'll get I'll get into it. So uh, basically, what that's uh, looking like for uh, this is so we have a season two trailer for uh, the Witcher on Netflix. So the trailer mostly focuses on Geralt and Ciri uh, because at the end of the first season they finally you know found each other here and it looks like this season is going to be a lot more chronological because the last season they threw in a bunch of episodes that were not chronologically tied they didn't tell you that it was uh like out of order or like you know in different uh time periods so you had you kind of didn't weird. really have yeah you you kind of had to piece things together and by the time you got to the end it started okay now it kind of starts making sense or like it's you know you're finally let in on the fact that what you were watching was not done in chronological order here. And they're like actually, you know, hundreds of years apart essentially for the most part. But hmm. so, so we might actually be getting like a little bit more co cohesive storytelling in that regard. Uh, it shows care Morin and like some of the other witchers, which is uh, something that was teased and we're probably going to see, I think we're supposed to see Vesemir. Where's, which is, where's uh, Mark Hamill? Yeah. He's, he's not, he turned it down, I guess, or he did or something. I don't know. I mean, which is a shame because I, th I would have really liked Mark Hamill as Vesemir here, but yeah. So the, this will premiere on Netflix, uh, December 17th. So it will, uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. I wasn't, I thought like the first season of it was okay. Uh, I'm kind of hoping they really find their, their ground with this season and actually, you know, knock it out of the park this go around here. So we'll see. Right. So uh, the next thing that they uh, talked about, so uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, which is that animated movie that they announced a while back. So this one, 
this movie is going to be talking about Vesemir, which is Geralt's mentor. It's going to be an animated movie. Uh, I think it's from the same guys who did uh, the Castlevania show. It looks like the same animation style or something like that. And it's going to be coming out next month, uh, August uh, 23rd, uh, 21. So, well, yeah. So, and then, uh, then the last thing that they announced, you know, kind of interesting, kind of cool. And also kind of a weird uh, decision on, on a certain level. We'll get to that in just a second. Basically what it is, is uh witcher Ronin, which essentially is like kind of an alternate universe project where Gerald is a Ronin in feudal Japan and he's fighting monsters from Japanese folklore. And it's going to have one of the editors from the book team up with uh magna uh, manga artist. I don't know his name or, or didn't really recognize him for anything. So they're going to be bringing the project to life. And the Kickstarter is, uh, or let me back that up. It's going to be a Kickstarter. And they say they're doing it for two reasons. One, to create a collector's edition, which I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. I mean, you could have done that without a Kickstarter. And two, they wanted to launch the manga globally. Now, I don't know if there's like some sort of weird restrictions on like pairing up with like, say, Dark Horse or one of the other uh, independent uh, comic book companies. But it kind of seems weird that you need to do a Kickstarter in order to launch it globally and also create a collector's edition. So, yeah, I mean, it depends what their budget was, but at the same time, I'm like, they probably didn't want to go with another publisher because they wanted to publish it themselves and make all the money. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that works, but yeah. I mean, that being said, I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in that whole, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. It sounds cool. Like demon slayer basically. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, it sounds like a, it just seems like a good fit. Definitely, I agree. Yeah. I, I actually would check out this this manga. All right, well, uh, Tom Hardy's now a writer, so he's gonna be getting a writer's credit on Venom Two: Let There Be Carnage because he spent months and months kind of brainstorming with the writers on what what the next steps for Venom would be. So pretty cool that he put in all that work and it cares that much about the project that they're giving him a writer's credit. Just wanted to bring that to light. And then also, uh, we had a Star Wars Vision trailer this last uh, week or so. And for yeah. those of you who don't know, if you didn't see the investor meeting last year for Disney, this is a project they've been working on where they're they're going to different studios, basically, and having them do stories kind of in a in an anime uh, style. So each, each different um, uh, company is going to have their own story, which are all new stories. Uh, the one that caught my eye was kind of the kind of the Ronin looking one where it was Sam very heavily like samurai uh, Sakura like kind of vibes. Like um, it just looked really cool. So I I'm, I'm excited for this project. Um, I can't remember when they said it's premiering. I want to say it's later this year, but I could be way off on that. And then basically I think it's six different installments. So it's like six different stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Here's the thing, like on just on its like face, just if this announcement exists in a back a vacuum, I'd be excited for it. I mean, especially just because Star Wars and Samurai, like I kind of feel like they really do kind of mesh pretty well together. You know, Jedi and Samurai sword fighting, blah, 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 all that, all that stuff here. But here's the thing. We've had a couple of things like this in the past, like uh, Animatrix was was one of them where, you know, you had six different like 
anime artists or anime studios do their own take on the Matrix. And they did the same with uh, Batman, uh, Batman, Gotham Knight, six different, uh, yeah. you know, versions of or like visions of Batman. And I think even like Halo at one point had something like this. So, so, you know, and with these things, like you have like, you have some like uh, ones that are like, okay, this, this, this short or this episode or whatever you want to call it. This one was good. This one was okay. This one was bad, you know? And I kind of feel like you're, pr- you're probably going to get the same type of thing if, uh, the same type of thing with uh, Star Wars here, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I wasn't really a fan of the, the Animatrix at all. So yeah, hopefully they do a lot, lot better on this. But uh, with that said, Book of Boba Fett, we got some more info on that. So there are going to be some directors, familiar faces coming from The Mandalorian. We're going to have uh, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Bryce Tellis Howard, and Robert Rodriguez will all be on this show as directors. I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing where each of them have kind of their own episode, their own uh, thing thrown into that. And so uh, Tamara, uh, Tamura, I think it's Tamora Morrison, yeah. the guy that plays uh, Boba and Jango, uh, recently said that Disney currently doesn't have a second season planned yet, but that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't one. You know, like, uh, you know, they like anything. Yeah. They're going to try to figure out if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. I'm guessing it's going to work with how many people were hyped when he was in Mandalorian. So... Yeah, we'll see with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, not to mention, like, and we've talked about this, like, throughout, you know, us knowing each other and when we ever talk Star Wars, we never quite got, like, why Boba Fett was, like, really a big thing before, like, yeah, you know, saying, this last, uh, this, right. I mean, other, like, outside of, like, you know, some of the stuff that came out of, like, you know, the, uh, expanded universe stuff that was before Disney bought it. It was, it was kind of like one of those things like, okay, yeah, sure. It looks cool. But it's like, why is there such like a, you know, like a fan base revolving around this one character right. that didn't have like a lot of screen time in the original trilogy. But yeah, uh, that being said, I mean, it, it kind of seems like at least this is almost confirming that we aren't getting uh Mandalorian season three this year because yeah. We're seeing like a lot of the talent from uh, Mandalorian being uh, transitioning over to this show, not and also we haven't really heard anything about it here. So I think I think this is essentially going to be subbing in for uh, Mandalorian season three as opposed to uh, you know just uh, the the third season. So right, yeah, I agree with you on that. So. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, your best friend's at it again, Dorian. So, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's unmade Star Wars movie will get made by Netflix and also not be a Star Wars movie. Uh, It's going to be called Rebel Moon, which, way to be original. Um, Psych. Uh, The quote was, this is from IGN, Rebel Moon will follow the residents of a peaceful colony at the edge of the galaxy. Galaxy. as they struggle against armies sent by a tyrant named Balisaris to combat the threat, the colony sends a young woman to gather warriors from neighboring planets to make a stand against the invading force. Now, so, is there, is there going to be space magic in this here? There's got to be. There's gotta is, be there gonna, is there going to be laser swords? Is there there's got to be, be laser swords. Is there, is there going to be like a, a Bigfoot co-pilot 
for like yeah, the main starship here. I mean, it's like <sighs> Zach. I mean, just stop, just stop. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah, I so mean, Zach came out with this quote. So they said, "This is me growing up as an Akira Kurosawa fan, a Star Wars fan." Uh, and a Star Wars fan, but Snyder told the Hollywood Reporter, "It's my love of sci-fi and a giant adventure. My hope is that this also becomes a massive IP in a universe that can be built out. It already is. It's called Star Wars." Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's it's Zack Snyder's Star, Star Wars. Wars. It's gonna have, yeah, it's gonna be slow motion. It's gonna have a four-hour director's cut after the first one comes out. It's also going to feature like a random like foreshadowing and also just f-bombs as well here and just grittiness so you know i mean so sounds great yeah can't wait yeah yeah uh that's it for our nerd news let's head head into our roundtable review dorian all right so first thing for is first you know we got loki episode five we're talking about it we're spoiling it you haven't watched it yet it's cool Turn off the podcast. Come back and listen later. We understand. Um, and, but we also got a couple things at the uh, end of the episode that we'll be talking about as well. So stick around for that. So we're talking about episode five. Pretty much picks up right after episode four left off in that post uh, credit scene. Basically, Loki is banished to this place that's the end of time. It's called the Void. And there's this giant monster cloud named Eliath, uh, that's hunting down the survivors in this landscape here. So Loki meets some other variants uh, of himself, and wouldn't you know it, uh, essentially they betray, they all betray each other at some point here. So who could have thought? No. Um, but we also find out that Mobius is alive. He, he you know, basically the, the whole pruning process is not a actual, like, phase out of existence. You just essentially gets sent to where yeah you get sent to where the tva just dumps all of its trash Mm -hmm. and it also turns out like uh you know catching back up with like sylvia at the tva and uh the director lady i can never remember her name but they they are uh trying to essentially narrow down who created the tva who's the real timekeeper or keepers might be multiple people because a Essentially, nobody at the TVA knows, not even the highest uh, level of authority at the TVA. So those robots weren't just like just for show that they were actually tricking all their, you know, workers here for the most part. Yeah. Um, So that being said, Sylvia ends up pruning herself for one to save, you know, the Loki that we know and also to go to the void because they basically figured out that if there's anywhere that these timekeepers or like this, the person who ever created the TVA is hiding, it's got to be at the end of time. So to make a long story short, they end up uh, enchanting the big cloud monster, Eliath, and basically open up like the area to where they need to go to find out where the man behind the curtain is here. The, the, perfect, of us. the person who's uh, pulling the strings here. So yep. that's pretty much where the episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, overall, I thought it was a decent episode. Not as much progression as you got in the last episode, in my opinion. And 
I don't feel like that whole like you know you have like a essentially like a uh, Loki fight. Loki fight, yeah, and like just the whole Loki, like multiple Loki things, and like betray having them betray each other. I don't think they really like fleshed out that idea. It was just there and gone for the most part here, kind of thing. So I kind I kind of was a little bit let down by that, but otherwise, you know, decent episode. I mean, I'm really interested to see where it's going to be going uh, for its final episode. And matter of fact, uh, I I do have a theory on it. I want to run it. Uh, run it by you. Episode. So, I'm thinking the, the, in the last episode, the person who created the TVA is another Loki. Yeah, I think that too. I mean, because it makes the most sense because you're hunting down like just a bunch of Lokis here. So it's like maybe he wants to be the supreme Loki or something along those lines. I don't know, but what's that kid, the King Loki, the little kid that was had the crown on? That'd be weird. Or maybe it's the alligator. It's, it's the, alligator. the alligator. It's been the alligator all along. Congratulations, everybody. Yeah. Plot twist. No, Nobody I, saw that coming. I, I bet you it is a Loki, and it's an interesting thing that he set up all this stuff to yeah. take down himself. I don't really get it. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're going to see next episode, I'm guessing. So it's the last yeah. one. But, yeah, yeah, I thought this episode was decent. Uh, it was pretty good. Like I haven't thought any of them weren't decent. Yeah. I liked the little, uh, you know, um, Loki kind of letting his guard down, trusting some of the other Lokis and being more of a team player. You could see this Loki's changed for sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like the way, uh, you know, him and Sylvie are trying to get to the bottom of this. I mean, there's no way out except to really take down the, whoever's running everything. So, um yeah we'll see what happens i like uh it was weird to me that they got they had like the what's it called the the little tablet thing that you have when you could transport into different dimensions and mobius took off in that because uh sylvia brought that with her yeah uh to there and i'm like why didn't you just take him with you in there and then just all leave if you need to leave like i don't know so there's a couple things where i'm like okay i don't get that but you know it's fine um yeah we'll see what else happens and how the tva actually shakes out so yeah yeah no fair enough so all right next up on the review docket here so we are talking about the neo world ends with you demo the game's not out yet but there is a demo out i believe on playstation 4 and switch so if you're kind of on the fence about this game or you're not entirely sure whether or not you're gonna like it or not you got a demo you can play so we're going to be talking just kind of our impressions about it and um, where we ended up yet, if we're hot or cold for this game. So, Brett, why don't you go first? Yeah, so essentially this is two full chapters of gameplay, and yeah. it will carry over if you purchase the full game. So yeah, if you're worried about that, like, I don't want to waste my time, I'll just buy the game. Like, definitely download it, play it before you buy it. Uh, I thought the demo was really fun. I You definitely get a feel for the battle style, overall feel of the game itself, like, dialogue and how the characters are going to look obviously uh and i'm not complaining at all about that i think that the battle style takes a little bit to get used to um because essentially you fight as a team and every button has an assignment to a character on your team so once you get used to that i think it's pretty fun it's fast paced like the original game 100 percent kingdom hearts vibes which that obviously makes sense because the creator of this game is 
someone obviously who created another game that is yeah. that of Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah. um, and so I'm in like playing through this game. The demo was, was decently long too. I liked that. It gave you, it yeah. didn't give you just like a little taste. It gave you quite a bit like, Hey, this is what the game's about. Uh, here's how it yeah. plays. And so basically you got to play to like the first boss. Um, and then it was over, but yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm yeah. excited for this game. Yeah, no, I pretty much echo everything that you're pretty much saying here. I already got it pre-ordered. Um, I'm, um, I, I really like the combat, and I think it's just only going to get better as the game goes on. And yeah, I really, I really am, am digging like this, uh, this uh, kind of demo thing that Square Enix has been doing. Like, hey, you can play the demo; your progression carries over, and uh, we're actually going to give you like like a two chapter demo. So you're getting a decent chunk. So you actually get a good feel for the game. So, um, I mean, if, if I had like any gripes or complaints, I mean, you know, just two minor ones. One is that right now it feels pretty easy, but yeah, but I haven't been able to unlock the harder difficulty just quite yet. So, so I, that's something that will probably be rectified at, you know, some point when I played the, full version of the game but uh the other thing too is like uh the two main characters so i mean if you don't know anything about world it ends with you it's essentially like you're uh it's it's about a game about uh uh set set up by like these kind of like supernatural for, forces or like you know these uh other world beings and stuff like that and you have to you have seven days to get you know make it through the game and like otherwise if you fail at the game you're erased from existence more or less. So, so, but like the two main characters in the game, they're pretty chill about being in like a game where their life is on the line. Like, Oh yeah, cool, man. You know, like this is like just some crazy, like thing that was set up. I'm like, I'm like, when are you going to understand the gravity of your situation? I think they were, I mean, that one girl in the demo told them basically you've already died. And this is, if you beat this game, you get to go back like type of thing. So yeah, she's probably lying to them, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah. So, but all in all, I'm, I'm really digging, uh, what I'm, what I'm seeing, what I'm playing. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like I said, already got a pre-ordered day one purchase for me. I mean, it's one of my most anticipated games of the year. So I'm really just looking forward to get into it. And if you're on the fence about it, I will say, um, if you have any inclination of playing the first game, or if you want to kind of get, you know, more backstory on this whole thing, I would recommend going back and playing the first game first, because they do spoil some plot points uh, or, you know, some plot twists from the first game. So yeah, just a heads up on that. But so uh, talking about the world ends with you, I recently played the switch version of it, which is the world ends with you uh, final remix. So, you know, we got, we got a new game coming out this month uh, yeah. in this franchise. So I figured, you know, time, time to go back replay. And also um, if anybody was on the fence about wanting to go back and play this game, you know, just kind of giving you my impressions of the switch version. I went through beat, beat the switch version. So here's, here's what I think. It's a good game with a few caveats. I mean, all the good stuff from the DS, it's still there, you know, um, there's two ways you can play it. You can play, you know, handheld mode, or you can play it docked. Now with the docked, you play with one joy con and you're pretty much using like the motion controls, like the pointer controls 
to pretty much do everything, which, you know, it doesn't sound terrible, but in some to activate like some powers or do some things in combat, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, I just wish like they had like, you know, some sort of like a middle ground where they had like some analog button controls or something like that. But sure. You know, but if you want, but if you, uh, Want to play in handheld? That's fine. I would recommend buying a stylus that can work with your Switch, which I had to end up doing. So, but at the end of the day, I mean, here's the thing. It's a nicer version of the game. It looks better. And, you know, you get to play it on your Switch. But if you have a DS and you're willing to, like, go back and play the DS version, I would probably recommend that over buying the Switch version. It's 20 bucks, uh, whereas, like, the Switch version is, like, 50, 50 bucks, and it's... In my opinion, asking a little too much, but that's all I got. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on our social medias. You know, leave us a like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. Have an awesome week. And remember, everyone's nerd about something.